Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We are ready to work. Ready to serve. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. Aloha, everybody. Tonight, we are focusing on health and prevention and giving you the information that you need to help you stay healthy. You know, some of us think of it as a rare cancer, but statistics show mouth cancers will be newly diagnosed in more than 100 individuals each day in the U.S. alone, and one person dies from oral cancer every hour. That's why Shelby Watkins and Joanne Ebesu where both oral cancer survivors have made it their mission to spread awareness about the disease and raise money for life-saving research. Welcome, Joanne and Shelby, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Hi, thanks. So, Joanne and Shelby, did you know much about oral cancer before you were diagnosed? And how were you diagnosed? I guess if we could start off with Joanne. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm a biomedical researcher, but I had never really heard about anybody with oral cancer before uh, my diagnosis in 2016. And uh, I thought I had uh, cold sore, which is pretty common, but uh, it lasted for maybe about three months, and I couldn't find anything in my mouth. And finally, about three months after that, I found a tiny bump under my tongue, and I thought it was an infection. So I went to my dentist, and then she thought maybe I had bit it. So we waited a month, and then it was okay. But by the second month, it had gotten really big and ugly. So uh, she said I should go to the oral um oral surgeon to get it uh, biopsied. And then I did that the next day. He said, yes, I have uh, squamous cell carcinoma, which is a very uh, aggressive type of cancer. And within, uh, I think it was less than a month, I was scheduled for my surgery at the Queens Medical Center in the Head and Neck Institute. So they were able to remove it all at once, or what kind of treatment did you have to undergo? Uh, yes, so they removed about a third of my tongue, and luckily we have great surgeons at the Head and Neck Institute, and they're able to uh, do the reconstructive surgery at the same, all in the same day. So it was about an eight-hour surgery. Um, 
and I was in the ICU for about four days and and then the hospital for another four days or so. Uh, but during that time, they told me that um, although they removed the entire tumor, the some of the cancer cells had gone into the nerve so that I had to get um, radiation for about five weeks of radiation uh, after I recovered for six weeks. Um, and luckily, since then, hopefully, I've been cancer-free. Yay! Thank okay. you. Wow, that's 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 very um, eye-opening. And before we ask any any further questions, I guess if if Shelby, you could share, you know, your story. Yeah. So um, I was seventeen when I first had a bump on my tongue, and I went to my dentist and. Um, they weren't too sure. They're just like, oh, I think it's your tooth that's rubbing on your tongue, causing you to have a bump. And it was kind of painful. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And it kind of didn't go away and it still kind of hurt. So then I went back again and they're like, oh, we'll just grind down your tooth. And that happened several times. So I went back several times to my dentist about four times over the course of a year. And then um, I was getting ready to go to college because I was 18 by then. And I went to my family doctor about my tongue because it just kept hurting. I kept getting small like bumps uh, along the side of my tongue that were painful. And I was just kept getting told like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And she took a look at it and was like, you need to go get a biopsy right away. And so I got a biopsy and unfortunately I found out later that it was read incorrectly. Um, so they told me it was pseudocarcinoma, which I guess is some sort of fake cancer. That's what they told me. I was, you know, I was 18 at the time. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. Um, went off to college and a few months uh, later, I started getting some really bad ear pain and I still had the bumps in the and that were going back and I started to get one underneath my tongue and it was just very painful to talk and eat. And then once I had the ear pain, I called my doctor who did the first biopsy again. And I was like, something is not right. Like, I'm starting to have ear pain. I still can't like, I'm getting more bumps. Like, I don't know what's going on. So he did another biopsy and then that one came back. Um, I had cancer. And so after I was diagnosed, I got sent over. So this happened um, from orig originally from Ohio. So I went to the Ohio State University Medical Center there and was sent to a really great team of doctors there. Um, and it pretty much a month later, I had a very similar surgery to what Joanne had and where they removed about half my tongue, rebuilt it from my uh, the muscle in my arm and removed uh, all the lymph nodes on the right side of my neck. And so it, one of my lymph nodes did test positive for cancer as well. Um, so I ended up having stage three uh, squamous cell oral cancer on my tongue. Um, and because of that, I had to have radiation and chemotherapy. So I did radiation and chemo five days a week for about two months. And then, uh, thankfully, 
I've been cancer free ever since. So that was actually 10 years. So I've been just hit my 10 year mark of being cancer free. Yay. <laughs> wow. Wow. You guys, um, you know, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, just, you know, congratulations on, you know, being cancer free and um, just the amount of courage. It must have taken a lot of courage on your behalf from both of you um, going through that situation. Um, so Joanne and, and Shelby, um, I guess what, after your experience, what what do you think is important for people who are listening right now to know about oral cancer? Um, I think mainly just that you can get it at any age and it's not because I think when when I first diagnosed, I was completely shocked. I didn't know that uh, I just turned 19 at that time. Like I didn't know that a 19 year old could get oral cancer. Like all of my knowledge previous to that was you were a smoker, um, you know, that sort of thing. Like you smoked, you dipped, and you were 60s, 70s. That's the type of people that they check for oral cancer. And I think it's important to know the symptoms. And if you feel that something's not right, keep you have to be your best advocate and be like, all right, I need to go get this checked out. And if you're not getting any results from that, just keep trudging through because, you know, at the end of the day, like you're your best advocate. And I think it's important to know the signs of if you have a lesion that doesn't go away for two weeks, get it checked out. And it's not just the tongue, right? Everywhere, you know, like, um, so oral cancer, you can have it in the back of your throat, down your neck, you know, it's a head and neck type of cancer. And it's a visual, you can see something, it looks different. It, it Does it look like a cold sore for, for you guys when you first like, were like, what's this? Or does it look like something different than a cold sore? Mine was a bit raised. So mine was on my tongue and it was a bit raised bump and it kind of had um, a white color to it. Um, Joanne, what does yours look like? Yes, uh, when I finally found it, it was a tiny white bump. So I thought it was an infection because nobody thinks, oh, it's cancer, right? Mm. So exactly what Shelby said, If and I learned this after, my ordeal is that if you have any kind of cold sore, lesion, uh, or any pain in your mouth that lasts for two weeks or longer, then that's not normal. So you should definitely see someone, your dentist, an oral surgeon, even your uh, primary, primary care physician uh, right away because uh, like with any cancer, the sooner you get diagnosed, the better your chances of treatment uh, for survival. You know, um, both of you, <clears throat> I guess uh, this happened many, many years ago. Um, and it seemed like in both of your stories that you shared, um, the the health um, you know, professionals that you folks um, first notified um, didn't realize or weren't able to diagnose you right away. Is that because... It, much wasn't really known about oral cancer back then 
And do you think that it's different now and that they would react differently now? Or do you feel that there's still a lack of widespread knowledge amongst medical professionals about oral cancer? Um, I know for, uh, there was a recent uh, discovery of the link between HPV and oral cancer. And so I would hope, you know, that's as research is coming out, they're kind of learning that there are different links that's just not smoking or lifestyle choices, that it could be really anything. And with that research coming out, I'm, I'm hoping that more providers keep following that. Um, Dr. Gillison was the one who discovered the HPV link uh, to oral cancer, and she was actually my chemotherapy doctor. So it's really important that providers keep up with current research, including dentists, because, you know, they're also the front lines for oral cancer. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think uh, a lot of providers still are not really uh, trained in looking for oral cancer. And um, one of the things the Oral Cancer Foundation is trying to do is promote uh, early screenings and education. Uh, because even now, uh, after I put on my first walk, one of my coworkers told me, oh, his dentist doesn't do the oral cancer screening. So that was the first time he had gotten screened. Mm -hmm. So he actually changed to a dentist that does the screening. Um, so a lot of the dental hygienists are the ones who actually do the screening. So I think they are getting uh, trained more in looking for oral cancer. Um, so, so Joanne, so do you have to ask for that screening? Because I've never, I never knew that there was a screening for specifically oral cancer. Yeah, I mean, so some of the I dentists just, um, can yeah, I go just share, ahead. and maybe you guys can also say if this is a screening or not. I mean, I sure. I, I attended the um, second annual event, um, and uh, I did get screened. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they swab? Uh, no, no. Oh, oh, right they now they usually use a. They might use a piece of gauze to grab your tongue so it, it's not because it's so slippery and they've like when you know when you go to the dentist the dentist or the hygienist might do that and then pull your tongue and do crazy things with it and poke and prod all around and they also should check your like your lymph nodes in your neck for any kind of lumps and that's actually what they're doing is looking for any signs of cancer um, so I think most dental hygienists do it now, at least if you go once a year, you should get it without being asked. Uh, but if you, you haven't been screened by your dentist or hygienist, you definitely should ask um, mm -hmm. if they can do that at least once a year during your visits. Yeah. Okay. And so that's, that's what I was actually going to um, say is because I, all this time I didn't know, I mean, I, I kind of assumed, but then yes, my dentist would do the underneath, you know, and feel for any, any, um, I guess, abnormalities or any lumps. Mm -hmm. or something. He would also, you know, do the tongue thing. I, 
I was just wondering, I was like, are you just trying to get a better view of my teeth? Or <laughs> but then, okay, so then that's, that makes me feel good to know that, uh, you know, my dentist does that. So, okay. Yeah, and some, like, yeah. some dentists um, in common practice, like I've ran into a few dentists who typically don't check for oral cancer screenings until you're at least 40. So I think it's important to note that it needs to be a lower age range. I think everyone should get screened for oral cancer. And if you are young, ask your dentist, say, hey, why aren't you screening me for oral cancer? It can happen to me. And they need to do some research on HPV and, and with causes of cancer. And so after you get that diagnosis, maybe from the dentist or maybe you go in, do they refer you or, or if you have a, a, a hunch that it's something more, do you just go directly into the head neck specialist? Um, or so for me, the, uh, my dentist referred me to the oral surgeon and then he referred me to the head and neck Institute at Queens. I think How about it, you yeah. Shelby. Yeah. Uh, for me, so I got I got referred from my family doctor, um, referred me to an ENT, who so an ear, nose, and throat specialist, um, who was a surgeon who did my original biopsy. And then I, when I got that diagnosis of cancer, uh, I got an immediate referral to the oncology center um, and connect, immediately connected with my oncologist. Um, have any of you had a history of cancer in your family? No. No, I'm the only person in my whole family who's ever had oral cancer. And uh, so I'm a researcher. So during my recovery period, I spent a lot of time online researching about oral cancer. And that's how I found the Oral Cancer Foundation. Uh, but um, yeah, I think maybe they said maybe about 10% of people, they have no idea what causes it. And I've met several people in my, uh, at the cancer survivor groups, you know, who are my age or younger who've gotten it. And, you know, they say they're super healthy, they run, they exercise and they eat organic food and they still all of a sudden get it and actually, more and more younger people are getting it now because of HPV. So people under 40 who didn't have the vaccination. So uh, that was before they had the HPV vaccination or vaccine available. So that's really important right now, you know, I think uh, for younger people to have that vaccination do we as adults in our age, like, so we're in our 40s, can we get that vaccination still? Uh, my doctor said once you're, if you're like over 40, you probably have had it, um, had an infection with, it usually doesn't cause um, much symptoms that you can uh, notice uh, unless later on down the line, somehow you're one of the unlucky people who uh, gets either uh, mostly in males, uh, younger males, it causes oral cancer and females, the HPV virus is associated more with uh, like cervical cancer. Oh. So very different uh, places that it can cause cancer, but 
So it's really important to get vaccinated. I know you said that um, you're seeing uh, or that younger people are getting it. Um, but generally, when looking at the statistics, or do you know if you could share with us, um, is there a specific um, ethnic ethnic group and age group that's getting it uh, more than others that you know of? Or is it just across the board? Uh, I'm not sure about ethnicities, but I uh, there is um, some research by Dr. Herzog, who is going to be talking at our event. Uh, he's been doing research on people in the South Pacific who chew betel nuts. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. Betel nut, yeah. yeah. And that is a very uh, definitely a cause of oral cancer, just like chewing tobacco and chewing betel nuts, um, betel nuts definitely uh, increases your chances of getting oral cancer. I, I And I know that you already said that nobody knows what exactly causes it, but do you know of certain foods or drinks that have been linked by any chance? Uh, mostly the betel nuts and chewing tobacco are and smoking are the primary causes. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any specific foods that cause it. And nowadays with vaping, would that also be a risk behavior? I'm not sure, but I would think so if it has tobacco product, just like um, cigarettes. Mm -hmm. mm. Wow, this is, um. I'm just really grateful for you both um, coming on to share um, with us. I, I know I had a lot of questions too that the, when I attended the second annual um, Oral Cancer um, Foundation Walk, which is also coming up, um, mm. you know, it's gonna be held in September, right? Yes, September 23rd. It's gonna be at the um, U University of Hawaii Cancer Center. And it'll be in their Sullivan Conference Center. Uh, it'll be from about eight o'clock to eleven thirty, and we'll have free oral cancer screenings that are open to the public. And uh, people can register for the walk. We'll have a short uh, walk and fun run around Kaka'ako Waterfront Park. Um, and if you want like to find out more information, you can go to uh, www.oralcancerfoundation.org uh, and find out more about our walk and register. Uh, we'll also feature live music, um, UH Cancer Center researchers sharing their oral cancer research. And we'll have a silent auction, uh, hand massages, uh, live, uh, what else? Uh, some games, and also refreshments. And people there to kind of like, if someone's interested, like if they're doubting or need advice or a shoulder to lean on, right? You guys are going to be there, correct, Shelby? Definitely. We'll have a lot of uh, oral cancer survivors also mm -hmm. sharing their stories besides us. Can I ask what's the survival rate? You guys, you guys are blessed and thankful that you are. Um, 
Shelby or Dragon, you is this some like, is cancer that you can can overcome? Right now, uh, the the survival rate is quite low. It's only about fifty percent, and that's because a lot of people like me, um, we're not sure what it is, and everybody thinks, oh, that's not can be cancer. So people, a lot of people wait. Uh, before they're actually diagnosed, or unfortunately, like Shelby got misdiagnosed. Um, so that's why it's super important to get uh, screened and diagnosed as soon as possible. And Shelby had good intuition to do it on her own because the providers out there, I guess, didn't didn't catch it. So good, good on you, Shelby. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, it did take me a while. It took me overall a year and a half, which when you have a fast moving cancer, it needed to be caught quicker, unfortunately. But um, I'm just thankful my oncology team was excellent at making sure all the cancer was gone. And on that note, Shelby, I know that you got treated out of state, but uh, Joanne, I guess if you could talk um, to the um, specialty of um, our medical professionals here in Hawaii. Um, are we in good hands, uh, say, if somebody was diagnosed with oral cancer here in Hawaii? Oh, definitely. I'm so glad that uh, Dr. Alam and Dr. Clem are here and they formed the Head and Neck Institute at Queens. So Dr. Alam is uh, actually a plastic surgeon and he actually did the first face transplant in the U.S. Uh, so both of them are world-class surgeons and Dr. Clem's specialty, he's an ENT, but his specialty is microsurgery. So I have no idea how they did the magic they did to attach, you know, a piece of muscle onto your tongue without any scarring or, I mean, really uh, very pretty seamlessly but I'm so grateful that they're here. And also the um, the oncology team at the in the radiation center, uh, everybody was always so professional and really nice. Even the nurses, uh, everybody was really awesome. And I like to share that even when I was in the hospital, one of the, the ladies who came to clean my room, she actually offered uh, to pray for me. And so I was very grateful for that. Wow. Uh, oh, Shelby and uh, Joanne, um, can you share with us? I know that uh, what you went through uh, when you were first diagnosed happened many, many years ago, but how has your life changed since then? And what do you do differently, uh, if anything, ever since that diagnosis? Go ahead, Joanne. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I guess I got the diagnosis, like anybody, you know, the big C, the, we used to call it, is really, it was really devastating. Um, my older son at the time was um, 17. So I was just worried if I would be able to see him graduate from high school. And that was really... Uh, scary, scary time, um, but have a lot of support from friends, family, 
uh, and also a lot of the wonderful uh, people at Queens and fellow cancer survivors, just giving a lot of moral support uh, and tips how to get through this ordeal. Uh, so one thing I learned was that I wouldn't wish that in, uh, this whole experience on anybody. So when I found about the Oral Cancer Foundation and how uh, they support research uh, researchers uh, like Shelby's oncologist. Um, I just wanted to uh, help them raise money, and the way, the main way they do it is to put on walks or to have volunteers put on walks. Uh, so I think this year maybe there's about uh, fifteen walks all across the U.S. Um, and ours is the first one in Hawaii, uh, in, which was in 2017. And this will be our fourth annual. Thanks. Um, so yeah, so for me, obviously it was a terrifying time and just learning, you know, that I learned during treatment that you have a huge connection between mental health and physical health and taking part of and uh, taking care of both of those parts um, was hugely impactful. And I noticed, you know, when I was feeling down, my body felt down and vice versa. And so, you know, that kind of inspired me to go into the social work field um, and focus on mental health and really just try to live a holistic healthy lifestyle moving forward and also just that anything can happen at any time to anyone so I think just living life to the fullest and just fully enjoying everything and taking every opportunity to just fully embrace life um, has been my biggest uh, take home and you know the oral cancer foundation actually has a a cool section of their website where they have a uh, like chat feature it's like a chat room with and you can talk to other oral cancer survivors and that really helped me go through treatment and like I had so many questions that I'm just like you know the doctors told me this like like what did you guys feel or how how is this and everyone was very responsive it's a great uh thing so if you guys if anyone is going through oral cancer I definitely or have a family member, they have um, a lot of caretaker forums and you can talk to other caretakers. It's a great tool to utilize and has definitely helped me. Even moving forward, I posted a few days or a couple months ago about a question 10 years down the road of like, hey, I'm having this issue, like has anyone else? And you get to kind of connect and make those conversations, which is really cool. Well, Joanna and Shelby, we're we're definitely definitely happy and and just glad that you guys are here with us, and um, even more so that you are furthering you know your knowledge and and spreading awareness about this disease that a lot of people don't know much about right now, and it could help save their lives. I think that's the biggest thing. So thank you so much, Joanna and Shelby, for doing that. Yeah, and and I think that initial reaction for anyone that diagnosed with this it, any type of cancer is fear but thank you for letting the listeners know that there's you guys are out there 
you've have you've gone through it and there's a foundation here in Hawaii that can help so that's amazing and do you want to exactly um tell us the website and how can they can they contact you personally or how 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 can they seek you out or seek help out Oh sure. Uh, so the national the Oral Cancer Foundation is a national nonprofit. Um, so their website again is uh, www.oralcancerfoundation.org, and they can find out about our walk there. Uh, if you want to contact me or Shelby, uh, my email is j o a n n e dot o c f dot h i at gmail.com if you would like to find out more about our event or oral cancer or if you're able to help in any way um, we also take any kind of donations for our silent auction and the proceeds will all go to the oral cancer foundation and we'd also like to um, set aside uh, a portion also for the UH cancer center to promote uh, local research, our local researchers. Oh, right on, Joanne and Shelby. Thank you so much again for being here on the podcast with us. And to everybody out there, take care of yourself, pay attention to what's not normal and seek help and don't be afraid and and live life to the fullest. I think that's, that's yeah. kind of what we learned here um, with Joanne and Shelby. Thank you so much, ladies, again, for sharing your stories with us. And we look forward to seeing you guys out there on September, everybody listening as well. Join them for the walk, if all for a good cause. Thanks so much, ladies. Yes.